Hey everybody, my name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI, that's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. We train and certify home inspectors all over the world. And today we have a special guest on our InterNACHI webinar. We do webinars all the time, uh, free online webinars. They're open to members and non-members alike and contractors and real estate agents. And uh, we like to talk about performing inspections, marketing and business. And sometimes we have a special guest. And today we do. Bridget Malik, um, she is from theinspectionboys.com and she also trains home inspectors and home inspection company. And she also uh, is associated with the New York Home Inspection School. So um, if you're interested in joining a franchise, uh, you may want to talk to Bridget uh, or visit their website right now, theinspectionboys.com. Uh, and it's open to girls as well. Uh, and today we asked Bridget to talk a little bit about performing home inspections in the interior, the interior side of the house. And that includes windows, electrical, bathrooms, and things like that, even the kitchen. And, um, and she's going to show us an inspection report and photos and uh, teach us about how she performs inspections and how she trains other inspectors as well. So thanks, Bridget, for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. As you said, you know, my name is Bridget. I'm with the Inspection Boys. We are a franchise um, and just going to go over with how we do inspections um, and any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Yeah. So um, as Bridget gets ready to do her presentation, feel free to ask questions um, during the presentation or we could hold them off until the end. But uh, if you're attending the live uh, webinar right now there's probably a Q&A button somewhere or a chat button feel free to hit one of those and ask your questions and um, we'll uh, make sure all of your questions are answered so take it away Bridget whenever you're ready all right perfect so one thing I want to start off with is um, there is no perfect or perfect system for every single home inspector every home inspector has their own way of inspecting Right. And I think that's really important to understand because as long as you're getting the information and the, 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 you know, the defects are what's happening inside the house, there is no perfect answer to I need to be inspecting this way. I am big on systems mentally. I'm a systematic person. I like to do the same routine every single time. And that's how I like to train everybody as well um, so that we can get, uh, you know, good quality reports. Well, what, what, what standards of practice do you follow, Bridget? What, what, what do you refer to or what do you use or do you exceed the standards of practice? So we are in the state of New York, so we have to follow, you know, New York SOPs. Um, then we're also NACHI members, so we also follow NACHI SOPs as well. Um, but we don't do the minimum. We do above the hmm. SOPs. And I think that's really important because SOPs technically say, you know, a, um, a number, a representative, represented number of outlets. Right. I don't I don't do that. I go way above that. I like to inspect as many outlets as I can. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of go over that. And I, and I think it's important to understand that because a lot of times I hear other home inspectors locally. Well, that's not part of the standards of practice or, you know, I don't need to do that because I can get away with just this and the SOP will protect me. Are they right? Yes, of course, they're right. But that's not how we like to do things. Yeah. Um, and again, business business decision to each person. That's just you know, what we do. Um, 
my biggest thing is, is when we're done with uh, the exterior, we start on the interior. And I like to start at the top floor and then work my way down. Reason for that is whatever bathrooms are on the uh, top floor, um, I like to get the water going. I like to, you know, by the time I get down to the basement, if there's any issues happening in the basement, I'll see it by then. Um, so when we get to the second floor, or I'm sorry, when we walk into the house, uh, one of the first things we do is we turn on the heating system. Um, to get the heating going, especially here in the summertime, we really like to get that going first because the boilers can take a little bit of time uh, to kind of heat up. Uh, and, and also we want to cool down the house as fast as possible after that because it's so hot right now. Uh, so we kick on the boilers and we also check on the boilers again because honestly, guys, you need to protect yourself. We've had uh, an example where we turn on the heating system and we go downstairs to the boiler and the boiler was catching on fire. So it's rare and in between, but it's really important that once you turn on that heating system, go and check the boiler. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea the last time it was turned on. So check it, make sure you don't see anything, any smoke or any fires, cut that off if that's happening. Um, and so also, sorry, Bridget, I don't no, want no, to, yeah. I, I may interrupt you, but um, not everyone knows what a boiler is actually. So in the South, you don't have this, but in the north and northeast, I grew up in Pennsylvania, Bridget's in New York. Uh, we got things that are like square boxes of water and there's fire. We shoot fire in the square box and heat up the water and then circulate the water throughout the entire house. It's insane. That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so um, that's why we like to do it that, that way first as well. We check on the boiler, make sure there's no immediate concerns, and then we get started with the, the inspection. So we start on the second floor. And if there's a bathroom, I like to inspect the, uh, the bathroom first uh, because honestly, bathrooms, kitchens, those take up a lot of time. So I like to do those and then the bedrooms and so forth can kind of speed up from there. So I have um, some live photos from a, an inspection. So I'm just gonna pull up um, some of the photos. Now, I, you know, every home inspector, if you leave a home inspection with only a hundred photos, I don't feel that you did, you know, do justice. Um, not that you have to include every single photo in your report, but you should have a good amount of photos. I'm all about protecting ourselves, right? Somebody could say anything. Um, and I take an overabundance of photos, but I, 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 that's, that's how I like to do it. So the first thing that you're checking when you're uh, going into the bathroom is you wanna get the water going, right? I put on the sinks, I put on the tubs, I put on the shower, start testing the toilets, everything. Um, and I take photos of everything. So right here, we'll have the trap underneath the sink. And then we see that's an improper trap type, um, the trap material here. And we want to have this photo so we can back up our comment in the report too. So I guess, you know, inspecting the interior has a lot to do with the report writing too. I like to do it where every single deficiency or defect that we find has a comment to back it up and a photo to back it up right? Because um, I'm all about photos. I want to make sure that we're, we're well protected. Um, so we kick on the water right away, uh, make sure we even test the stoppers to make sure that the, you know, the stoppers working properly. Um, if the, if the water's, you know, staying, check the heat on the, you know, cold, hot, and I do those separately. And then I put them all at once um, because then it'll change the water flow. And sometimes the water flow may go down a lot when you turn them both on. Um, so it's really important, you know, to just try to inspect everything that you can. Um, when we're inside the bathroom, I kind of grab 
the counter and the cabinet to see, you know, gently to see if it's moving, if it's properly secured. Um, because you'd be surprised, especially in flip houses, I've grabbed it where all of a sudden, oops, the granite starts popping off. And these are things people want to know about, like, hey, your granite should be secured. So make sure you're testing that. Um, if there's cabinets or drawers, I open, close them. We find mold in the cabinet sometimes and recently done flips. Why is that? I mean, that means something's going on before. So usually that means, you know, the, the plumbing was leaking at some point or something like that. So um, it's important to check those cabinets because mold, you know, can come a lot. There's plumbing fixtures here. So you want to check, see if there's any mold, things like that. Um, while we have the water running, I also have the shower going or the bathtub. Um, it's important. I think it's really important that you actually, if the stopper works, in the bathtub to use the stopper. Fill up the tub while you're inspecting the bathroom. Um, a lot of people don't do that because, oh, I don't want to wait for the tub to fill up. But I think it's really important because the wa the water needs to, you know, stay in the tub so that the tub can be usable. Um, and uh, so you want to fill that up, especially when there's jets. Technically, you don't have to inspect jets if it's a jetted tub, right? But I've inspected so many tubs where the jets don't work. And people want to know that they're buying a house and they see a jetted tub. They think that's an added luxury. They're going to be really upset if you tell them, oh, no, sorry, it's not included in my home inspection test jets. It doesn't add much time. So test the jets. <laughs> um, and then, you know, uh, with the shower, I like to turn it on to see if there's any issues happening on the shower head, hot, cold water received. I also check the grout around inside the, the shower because sometimes you'll notice um, and it sounds, you know, kind of minute, but um, when you start noticing grout missing, especially in corners, sometimes you'll probably find a leak behind there because the water is getting from inside the shower into the, the wall from the grout missing there. So grout is a huge thing. Um, and it's really important to make sure that the shower is properly grouted because that's what keeps water from going into the, the wall. So, um, you know, I've seen it before, just have just the layout of the bathroom and it actually had an opening on the closet where um, the grout was missing. So I had noted that. And then um, when I went on the other side and there was like a bedroom there and I opened the closet, you can actually see all the plumbing and you could see right where that grout was, water was just dripping in and it was all this mold growing in that small wall cavity. So even though it may seem like a small thing, this is what can happen behind the scenes, behind the wall cavity where you can't typically see. So that's why it's really important to note those things because that's that's gonna, you know, somebody will open up the wall and the next thing you know, they find all this mold. Um, uh, sealing, you know, properly sealing, you know, whether it's, um, you know, around the tub to make sure water doesn't get in around there, that's a big area as well. And people, when they're buying the houses, they can be so picky too. Um, you know, so picky, especially they're not buying a perfect house. So um, you kind of have to judge how your client's being too at the time of the inspection to see how exactly detailed you need to be um, because that, that sets the, the, the picture too of what they're expecting. Um, so um, right here in the shower, this, this bathroom didn't have a tub. Uh, so we put on the water, I moved the shower head, different areas, um, try to see if the water's leaking out. Um, you know, with the, the with the glass doors or anything like that, because the sealant around there can fail. And, you know, quite often you'll find water dripping through there too. Um, so you kind of want to play around with that, try to, you want to make something happen and something's not happening, then you know that it's good. 
Um, and that's, that, that's my logic. Um, you know, some people may do it differently and that's fine, but this is, this is how I do things. Um, you also want to make sure you test the handles because sometimes we'll test the handles and then all of a sudden um, the handles might be leaking or things like that. Or sometimes if you don't put on the hot water all the way, and I'm not saying, you know, go get yourself burned, but sometimes if you turn the hot water all the way and it doesn't get hot, it's more like lukewarm. That's important too. So they want to know this. So you want to make sure that you're actually testing it all the way to make sure it gets hot. Um, you know, and it's not a lukewarm. So that's, that's something that we find quite often as well. How important do you think is uh, testing the temperature of the water, like with a little laser uh, pointer? Um, I guess it depends. If it's like scalding hot, then I would make a, a, a comment about that. Um, but, you know, some of the inspectors do, um, they do uh, take a temperature reader of the water to show how hot it is. Yeah. I myself, I don't, I don't do that myself because I just kind of use my hands and see, okay, is this scalding? Is this something that's really going to hurt a child if they turn on the water? Yeah. And then that's what I do. You can do that with, you know, um, the, the lasers and do that and, and, and see the temperature reading if you want to as well. Yeah. Um, I always like to use thumbs up, thumbs down in my pictures to show like, hey, this is good or you know, or no, this is bad. It's just, a, it's a personal thing, especially when I'm writing my report, maybe I'm, I'm maybe on site, we don't have too much time. So I may rush through and just do photos um, that this is a good way for me to know something's good, something's bad. Um, GFCIs, let me try to find this bathroom didn't have any GFCIs. Um, GFCIs are really important. You want to test them and you want to find where to reset the GFCIs. Sometimes inspectors leave the property and they say, well, I couldn't find, um, you know, uh, where to reset it. it they, they, they use the GFCI tester, but maybe they, there wasn't a reset right here. And then they leave the property like that. Don't do that. You Customers, especially if the house is occupied, they're going to notice that and they're going to give you a bad rep over that GFCI. It happens all the time. And some people say, well, that's not, you know, that, that that's not in the SOP. Like I'm protected. I tested it. It didn't kick back on. Customer service It's all also about customer service. So find that GFCI reset and, you know, reset it. <laughs> um, so right here, we'll see also um, a lot of times with occupied houses, especially when there's tenants, they get rid of, you know, co uh, outlet covers or things like this. So this is an example of an outlet cover missing. We want to document that. Um, usually when I'm, you know, when we're inspecting, we like where in our home inspector uh, software, we issue, we, we write the defect right away and link it with the photo to help protect us. Um, and to make sure that we don't forget any deficiencies. Um, inside the bathroom, you're also going to want to open, close doors, make sure that the locks are working, um, you know, check if there's any paint peeling. Sometimes when the bathrooms don't have enough ventilation, you'll see that the paint kind of starts to, it looks like it's melted, but it's not, it's like, I, I don't know exactly sure how to explain it, but it just looks off. It gets very wrinkly right? That's usually because there's too much moisture happening in the base, in the bathroom, and there's not enough ventilation. So write that up. Um, especially a lot of, especially in, in New York City, it seems like a lot of buildings don't actually have vents, um, and they only have a window, and that's usually not enough ventilation. 
Um, so you want to document that. Um, I like to take a, a photo of the vent as well in the bathroom to show um, that it's working. Sometimes I'll put like a piece of toilet paper on top of the vent to show, hey, you know, the toilet paper is being sucked up and it's working properly. Um, you know, I'm all about covering our butts. <laughs> um, and then you want to check the tile, right? See how outside of the, the tub or the bathroom or the bathtub, check the tile. Is there any cracking? Um, when you step on them, do some, are some of them kind of loose, right? I wouldn't make a huge deal about that, but I would definitely include that because again, you're being hired and you're, you're getting paid a good chunk of money. So you want to make, be as detailed as possible. And these are the small details that customers pay attention to, uh, too. So, um, you want to just make sure you do your due diligence. Um, one thing I do as well is on the toilets, um, get a photo of the supply to show if there's any type of corrosion and kind of wrap your legs around the toilet and see if it's shaking right? See if that's seal, if it's not tight enough. Um, and then you'll also kind of see, usually when that happens, that means the wax seal isn't good and water will start coming out of the bottom too. So it's really important to kind of test that and see, um, and see how that's going. You can open um, the toilet as well to see if there's any issues with the flange. I don't typically do that, but I, I see some, you know, companies that, that do that. Um, and that's fine. If you want to do that, you can. Um, I test the lights, make sure, you know, any type of medicine cabinet. I'm not really looking for big things with a medicine cabinet. I just, it's kind of like a courtesy. I'm really in the bathroom, so might as well inspect it. Um, but typically a bathroom, I would say typically takes anywhere between, it depends how much is going on in the bathroom. I would say, you know, five to 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, just depends exactly. I want, my goal is to get as much running, uh, much water running through the plumbing system so I can try to find any type of issues happening within. How about um, the plumbing access panel? Do you, do you take a look at that? I've always, you know, I hate it when there isn't a plumbing access panel like behind the shower in the tub area. Typically we don't have that. Yeah. Typically yeah. we don't have that. And it's unfortunate, even in my own house, um, in my bathroom that I have for my room, I don't have an access to my, my shower body. Yeah. And you know, that's, it's not, if you have that, that's, that's great. If you don't have it, it's not uncommon. So we don't write that up. Um, maybe if it was something that was more common to our area, right. we would. And I think, I think you bring out a great point there too, Ben, your area where you live may have things done a little bit different than we have here. Yeah. So if you have access panels for, for plumbing like that, then definitely note it um, if that's a common practice in your area. It's not here, um, but if it is, then you should be including that as well. Um, one thing I like to do is uh, when we're inspecting is even in the bathrooms is we use our lasers to get the temperatures, whether it's this house, this was for central AC, but um, if there's any radiators or baseboards, we wanna get showing that, hey, the heat's working. Um, and then same thing, if there was a, a register for cold air, we would do that here. It's very common here to have a house with central AC for cooling system only, and then they have radiators or baseboards. So it's two separate systems that we have to check. And you know, when it's both comboed, great. It saves us a little bit of time, but it's very common here um, to have that separate. Sorry if you guys hear my dogs. <laughs> Oh, speaking of dogs, uh, Ricky asks, what's the best way to manage pets? 
Mm. You know, when you go inside the house and there's dogs all over the place, uh, what do you, how, how do you handle that? So uh, that's a great point. So in, uh, we use ISN and in ISN, we have our emails that go out to the clients, the selling agents and the buyer's agents. And we say to them, if there's any dogs, please put them away or, you know, so that they don't get in a way. I say it much nicer than what I'm saying it right now, but pretty much um, to do, to do something with the dogs, if the dogs is nice or something like that. We still inspect if there's dogs, unless the dog's really aggressive, you know, but we've never had that happen. But we have that courtesy email that goes out to help with that. And most of the time, the agents, you know, they, they, they open up their emails and say, and they'll write back, yeah, no issues. There's no dogs present or, you know, we'll take care of that or something like that. Yeah, it's but- also a good way in, in um, your introductory email to the agents and the client to make sure you have access to everything, right? Sometimes there's no access to the electrical panel because it's in a closet and they have everything stored in that closet or attic access is sometimes in a bathroom closet. So we do that as well to try to tell them, hey, we need access to these areas. Please make sure that there's access. Otherwise, if we have to come back, it's an additional fee. So uh, that's a great question. Um, now, once we get inside like the individual bedrooms and things like that, every single um, window that we can access, I always take um, a general photo of every room, but every single window that we can access, I like to open, close them and test them, um, locking them, making sure that the screens aren't damaged, um, making sure, and then I take photos showing thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't do it for every single window, but I get a good number of photos, but I like to test every window that I can. Um, we're not moving furniture. That's it. I would not move furniture or anything like that. Um, we're not, you know, it's, we're not really climbing furniture either if a bed's in the way. And I'll, and I'll give you my reasoning on that because some people do climb the beds. Um, we live in an area in New York City and unfortunately sometimes New York City tenants are not clean and they may have bed bugs. So we do not climb. We don't know which house may have that or anything like that. So we don't climb the beds or anything like that because we don't want to get bed bugs. So we try avoiding touching whatever we don't have to touch as much as possible. Um, that's our area. So that's, that's a constant fear that we always have uh, when we're inspecting. Um, but you want to make sure that the window um, hardware is working. You want to make sure the locks are working, things like that, because we've done houses where none of the locks work in the entire house. And it's crazy. And the agents say, oh, well, it was working before you got here. How does that change in like a few days? Come on. (laughs) Um, Make sure you open, close. You're looking for any broken panes. Um, If the window is kind of like hazy or has like moisture in it, then you know that the gas seal is broken. So you want to document that because that's actually really expensive fix to do. Um, Typically, if I'm not mistaken, um, you typically have to replace that pain in order to get it fixed. So um, that's an added expense and it can be an expensive one. Uh, now, one thing I want to make sure, and I have some stories I could share too. Um, if the sure. window doesn't open, don't force it to open. <laughs> yeah. Don't force it because there could be so many reasons why you documented that it was difficult to open. Um, we had an inspection uh, where an inspector it was a casement window in the front and from the outside, it looked great. You know, the handle was there. There was no issue seen. 
um, the inspector went to open it and the entire window fell out of oh, the front yeah. and the whole thing shattered. Now, oh. technically that we're not at fault because all we did was, you know, unlock uh, the window so we can open the handle for the casement. Right. Well, there's no, come on. Like they, the homeowners knew that this was broken. There's no way they did not know that this was yeah. not broken. Um, but as a business decision, we had made the decision to replace that, pain only just out of you know courtesy i mean sometimes um i don't really want to get too much into this but sometimes customer service and going that extra step starts getting you a lot more referrals right mm. from agents agents are worth a lot more than one client and if that agency that they had a good experience and you went that extra step it's going to generate a lot more business for you so yeah, even if it's not your fault you know you have to figure out are you going to spend time and risk uh, business arguing that you were right and you didn't do anything wrong or are you just gonna maybe make people whole again exactly yeah yeah exactly that's such a true point um so that's that's what we did so we've had some stories like that we've had i've had a story where an inspector did force a double hung window open and the whole the the bottom pane came out and i'm there trying to put it back in place and so that was fun the customers was very upset at him and I was just trying to like, Hey, you know what? I'm so sorry. You know, if I can't get this back in, I'll definitely get somebody out here. So, um, don't force things open. He learned that real quick after that one. Um, but I know, of a, I know of an inspector who uh, forced the window open. It was a double hung and it was trying to push it up and, uh, it broke and cut him. Oh gosh. Just right on the glass. Um, so yeah, forcing something that won't open, um, just take a picture of it. Yeah, it's safer not to give it a whack. Exactly. Take a picture and move on. Yeah. Um, now it's important in the interior of each room, we talked about the windows, um, outlets, right? Um, I like to test every single outlet that I can get to. Um, and vacant houses, you're going to be testing all the outlets. If it's a vacant house, occupied houses, you're not going to be testing as much because most of the outlets you can't get to. So whatever I can access, I access and then we take a photo. I like a lot of photos. So as you can see in some of the photos, this one's not that great of a photo. So we didn't include this one, but we like to take a photo showing that everything was good with the outlet and nothing was bad. I like to take photos of every single outlet and show that, you know, yay, nay, or whatever it is. Um, just a protection. I don't include every single outlet, um, but that's, that's what we like to do. Um, then we also take photos of the heating system, like the baseboards in each room. This is not that great of a photo. This is, this is an inspector who was training. So, um, <laughs> um, but we take a, a photo of the baseboard and we'll show that, Hey, heat was received here. There was no issues or whatever the case may be. And you want that. Um, how see. many pictures do you take normally you? Me. Okay. I think, let me try to find. This, this job had 265 photos ah. and it depends on the size of the house. Right? Are, they all going, are they all going in the report or just, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. Uh, some of them we don't, we use home inspector pro and I have, a, uh, let me pull up my report. So this is an example of a report right here. This is the summary page that we do. I also, you have the summary page is a marketing piece. So you want to be very conscious of the summary page. You don't want to, if every house, the summary page is going to change. So 
some some houses are going to have a lot more in the summary if it's you know a bigger a lot more going on but um you know some houses are going to have a lot less on the summary page so keep that in mind the summary page is adjustable according to the biggest issues happening with that house and it's really important because i've seen some home inspectors that have 50 items in a summary page and agents view them as deal killers right it's a it's a it's an industry thing that home inspectors get labeled as a deal killer so you really want to be conscience of your summary page. You said, um, you said it's a marketing piece. What do you mean? Well, agents see your summary page, right? So, and depending on what they see, agents know if a house needs work, they know that it needs work, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll tell that to their clients and well, it needs work. But if a house needs work, you need to put only the most important items. And that's what the agents are looking for. They want, if it's a safety issue, they want their client to know about it, but they don't want to hear about every single, you know, small item. Like, okay, you have a baseboard paint, paint chipping in a small area. They don't want to see that there. Right. You know, so your summary page is a marketing piece. It's important to understand that and, you know, use it accordingly. Um, and your summary so, has pictures. So our summary page, you can link it up. I don't do that because it adds more pages to the summary page. Yeah. Um, this is our summary page. So this is has like the most I, the, the items I felt that were the most important at the time of the inspection. Um, and um, but if you go to the individual area, the page and the item number, the, there's a photo linked with it. Um, sometimes we sometimes we might include a photo, but I, I really try to avoid including photos in this. It just makes the report longer. Hmm. And I know it sounds, I, our, in, our reports, we have everything in there, but the type of reporting system that you use also determines how long your report's gonna be. Um, so the interior, you'll see right here, I have general photos of the interior rooms that we visited, uh, just to kind of show everywhere that we went. Um, I'm not taking, um, I'm not including hallway photos or like everywhere, every angle that I walk, I'm not doing that. I'm just you know, each room I include a general photo. I'm not even including all the interior photos. I still have a lot more that I could include, um, but I don't. Um, it's important to have like some of these generalized comments in your report, like personal items around the house preventing viewing of all walls, uh, because it's the truth. You can't view every single area, especially when a house is occupied. So you wanna have your little disclaimers happening in the report. Doesn't need to be in the summary. It's just something, you know, telling them, especially gen like there's no interior of a house that doesn't have scuff marks or some type of small wall damage in places. So those are things that you don't need to make a big deal unless it really is a big deal. Well, you are detailed with your inspections. I see you inspected the doorbell there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I do the front door, we always test the doorbell too and see if it's working or not. <laughs> I think that exceeds the standards of practice. Oh yeah, by, by <laughs> far. <laughs> Even the ring doorbells, I I'll ring. <laughs> um, so you know, we had you know, you you include whatever. Like right here, we had a ceiling patch, so we we or ceiling damage, and some areas inside the house were poorly patched. So we have that information. Um, the heating system. I try to include as many photos I can showing that the heating wow. system was working. Um, think about this. And the reason why we do this and we test every single baseboard is because if they close on the house come winter time, they're going to call you, hey, my living room baseboard heat is not working. You pull up your report. Yeah, it was at the time of the inspection. We have that photo showing right here the temperature it was getting to. Nice. So 
these are important photos that you want to protect yourself. Um, same thing with AC registers, right? I take a photo of every register that we can, and we include that showing, yep, AC was received, right? And that's important. We actually just had an inspection uh, where somebody said, um, hey, you guys said our AC was good to go and working. So we pulled out the report and we looked at it and we was like, no, we didn't. We didn't even test the central AC. The temperature outside was too low. We told you to test a final walkthrough. So they didn't get a final walkthrough inspection, which is something that we always encourage to get, um, to get these things tested, right? Mm -hmm. That they couldn't get tested the original date of the inspection. And um, they said, um, you know, that they, they, they had tried turning it on, that the selling, selling agent had got the AC on at that time. And they said it was working during their walkthrough, right? Not inspector walkthrough, their walkthrough. And, um, but he had just moved in and he said, it's 90 degrees outside, only warm air is blowing out. Hmm. I'm sorry, sir. You know, we, we can't really help you. I can refer somebody to you, but we have everything written of exactly what happened and we told you to get a final walkthrough and you know it yep. sucks i feel really bad for the guy but we're not at we're not liable yep yep so that's why it's important to do these things yeah um we test every interior door that we can um you know all windows outlets all the interior doors open close them lock them make sure that they're all working um, receptacles, here's some photos of receptacles. Um, when it comes to, we're in New York, we're such a, um, we have so many old houses that we deal with ungrounded outlets quite often. So sometimes there's so many houses that are just, they were built with an ungrounded system originally. Um, so we use, um, if most of the outlets are okay, then we're not gonna make a big deal about one or two ungrounded outlets. We're gonna include it in the report, but we're not gonna include it in um, you know, the summary page. So I think that's where also I'm explaining that the summary page is a marketing piece too. You have to learn that that report, that summary page is gonna change with every single house. If it was a new construction house and there's really not much wrong, then we're gonna include those outlets in that summary page because it's a new construction house. It should be pretty close to perfect. Does that make sense? Yep. And Dominic asks, uh, do you ever move household items to get to the outlets? I think you mentioned about, you know, if it's vacant, you're gonna do more than a typical home inspection that's occupied, but you're not gonna move a bunch of stuff to get to everything. No, yeah, we're not gonna move a bunch of stuff. If it's like in the kitchen, um, you know what coffee makers people get really finicky about because they have timers set up and everything and um, I will ask them like hey I'm gonna reset this is it okay and, and sometimes they'll say no no I don't want my timer messed up on my coffee maker right you know so uh, kitchens um, you know we try to test everything that we can I'll unplug if it's like a, a blender or something but coffee makers I'm very weary about because people get really you know <laughs> They, they need their coffee. So <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking coffee right now. Don't touch, don't touch my coffee maker. <laughs> um, switches, you know, turn on and off the switches when you're walking into the rooms. If something doesn't kick on or a light doesn't turn on, you know, document that. But we're not really going too crazy with the switches. We just, whatever we see, then we'll write up. Um, stairs is really important to get, you know, make sure you get photos, make sure that the stairs have railings. Um, smoke detectors, 
get photos of. I always like to look for those first and make sure that there are smoke detectors. And if there's not, you definitely want to include that in there. Um, thermostats, important to locate the thermostat location. Um, returns, people like to see where the returns are and things like that. Um, I'm trying to speed up because I realize I'm talking too much. No, that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, kitchens are done very similar to, um, to bathrooms. Um, whereas when I get to the next floor, after I'm done with the second floor, oh, I always leave the attic for last. Hmm. I always, reason being is you don't know what you're going to expect or find in the attic and people don't want you, want you walking around their house dirty from going into an attic. Yeah. So it's a customer service thing. And I always leave the attic for last in case I get dirty. I'm not walking around their house dirty. Um, so I'm trying to find my kitchen section. Now that I'm on here with you guys, I can't seem, let me just do it like this. Um, so Ricky asks, do you back up all your photos? Like yes. cloud storage or an external hard drive in your office or both? Yeah, so uh, what we have, since we use ISN, um, every single inspector, they have to save their HSZF file in ISN as well. So if there's ever a need that we need to, you know, pull it up, um, the HSZF file actually has the photos embedded in it, and then we can access it. If they take, like, I use a digital camera for all my roof photos, I always bank backups in Dropbox of um, my roof photos or anything else. I always have backups. Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, kitchen's done very similar, similar to a bathroom, except just different themes in a kitchen. Um, I like to run dishwashers through a rinse cycle. I don't do a full cycle. I do a rinse cycle. Why? Because, um, you know, people get upset if their dishwasher's not working. It's a luxury here in New York to have a dishwasher. Um, a lot of apartments and houses in New York City, they don't have dishwashers. So when you have a dishwasher, I know when, when we got my house and I had a dishwasher, I was so excited because I've been washing hand, my dishes from hand for the past, you know, five, six years. So um, I do put them through a, a rinse cycle to make sure that water comes in and water drains properly. I'm not really going through sitting there for two hours waiting for a whole cycle. Um, now, if it's a brand new property, I will not be the first to turn on that dishwasher if it's newly installed. Um, reason being is I will disclaim the dishwasher uh, because you don't want to be that person where the contractor didn't install it right and then you have water leaking all over the floor. Hmm. Um, and that happens. We've, we've had it happen. In fact, um, uh, Matt did a job and one of the guys had to take off his uh, his t-shirt, his, his t-shirt to try you know, picking up all the water that was coming out yeah. of the, the, out of the dishwasher. So um, don't test. If it's never been tested, don't be the person that tests it. Same thing with older dishwashers, right? We've seen dishwashers that are, you know, 20 years old. I'm not going to test. It. I'm going to put it past its lifetime. If it's working, great, but let the seller be the one showing them that it's working. Um, if the dishwasher, sometimes we'll find houses where um, they use the dishwashers for storage. Literally, they have books in there, oh, yeah. things like that. Don't take that out. Disclaim it. Say that it was being used for storage and not operable. Um, so that's how it goes with dishwashers. You want to look for a high loop. Make sure that everything is uh, installed properly underneath the sink. Uh, now, one thing is, is that um, if it's a septic tank and you notice um, that there is a garbage disposal, you want to note that too. 
Um, so we look out for that. If the house has cesspool or septic tank um, and it has a garbage disposal, we definitely make note of that as well. Um, but the kitchen, we're testing the appliances, the range. I like to take photos uh, showing that the range is in good condition or that all the gas flames came on. Um, I take photos showing that the oven came on. Um, you know, this house, the, the vent hood wasn't working. So um, we put that in there. And something actually, this was something that a customer was really upset about, that it wasn't working. Um, so it's important that you test everything you can, the lights, speed of the fan, things like that. Um, and then cabinets, are we open, close the cabinets, the drawers, you'll find some cabinets where there's a cabinet, but guess what? There's something blocking it where it doesn't actually open. It's, you know, maybe, you know, the kitchen, some people do some crazy things with kitchen layout. So make sure you test those things. Um, and, you know, sometimes the hinges are broken and these are things that you would make, you know, documentation of. Um, once we're done with the interior rooms, and things like that. Then we go down into the basement and we do the basement. Oh, here's a photo of a, a tub that we, we, we filled up with water, as you can see. And then this is me touching the jet and it wasn't working. So you, that's why I have the thumbs down here uh, to prove that. <laughs> I like the thumbs up, thumbs down. I really do. But I see you don't do like uh, a lot of what a lot of inspectors do. They put a bunch of arrows of all different colors and circles and emojis and all this other stuff on every picture. I leave that up to each individual inspector. If they want to take the time to do that, by all means, go ahead. Um, I just find it a waste of time for me, yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah. I, I put, I, I, that's why I do thumbs up, thumbs down if something's wrong. And if they really, most of the time clients aren't really zooming into the picture to see where that double tap is. <laughs> like they don't even know what a double tap is, you know? And, um, and if they needed to see it in more detail, if they get an electrician to go fix a double tap, the electrician should know what to look out for, for a double tap, right? They're taking off the panel. So they're going to be touch, you know, checking all the individual circuits. So, um, that's my rule. Um, inspectors do it. Believe me, they do do it. And that's fine. If you want to do that, go ahead. That's just not me personal. <laughs> you do videos. Yes. Yes. So not every single inspection report do we do videos, but, what I like to do, especially with Home Inspector Pro, we can include videos. But if I find like something like water gushing out of like the main, you know, in the basin somewhere, I'm going to show a photo like, hey, there's water gushing out here. Um, problem with videos is they have to look at the report in a very specific manner and they won't be able to watch the video in a traditional PDF form. Right. So, um, you know, I take the video and, um, you know, I, I'll include it, but I also have a backup on my computer too. So if they wanted me to email it to them, I could email it to them too. Ricky asks, uh, by exceeding the SOP, you're saying it, it uh, you feel it better protects the inspector from liability. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like if, you more. if you exceed the X SOP, um, you're protecting yourself. Um, from liability because um, you're not going to have um, customers coming back like, hey, you know, I have 10 outlets in my house that aren't working. Um, you know, you said you tested the outlets. Maybe you only tested two outlets. That's a huge liability to not just go the extra mile. And it doesn't add time. It really doesn't add time. Um, so we go above it because we want to provide extra value. And the more value that we provide and the more detailed our inspections are, um, the less you call backs later on or complaints and things like that. And then you're going to be more of a referral source too for agents or whomever it is. 
Um, so look at it that way. Like your inspection report, the entire time that you're at an inspection on site is marketing. The way how detailed you are is marketing. You're gonna clients see clients love to see you doing the extra mile, and then you're gonna get business out of the client, their their cousin, their brother, whoever it is. They send you to their whole family. Um, and same thing with agents. If you make their client happy, the agent's gonna also refer you to. Um, so the basement, we inspect very similar um, as the interior, checking everything that we can see in the basement. Only difference with the basement is if the basement's not finished um, and we can get to the foundation walls, we like to take moisture meter levels in like the corners, especially where the gutters are at, um, to kind of see, why isn't this going? To kind of see um, if there's any elevated levels of moisture um, in the basement, especially like um, like corners where gutters are typically at or like perimeter gutters, you want to keep in mind because sometimes the you can't see it once it goes underground. But if you go into a basement, um, then I pay close attention to those those corner areas where the perimeter gutters go underground because it could be leaking there. Um, what I want to say, and I'm not really going through the exterior, but the exterior sets the precedence of how the interior is going to be, especially when it comes to the basement. Um, whatever you find on the exterior, gutters-wise, roof-wise, whatever is going to, it, the exterior is telling a story. So whatever you find on the exterior, you want to triple check once you get inside the basement. Um, especially houses, I've done houses with no gutters. I've gone into the basement and there's termites everywhere, there's foundation issues, and because there's no gutter. So you want to keep that in mind. Though Everywhere you go is telling a story, especially the exterior. And even though that's the fastest part of the home inspection, um, you want to keep that in mind. If, if gutters are, there's no extension on the, on the gutters, um, usually I'll find an area in the basement with termite damage, hmm. right? Termites need water. And that's usually where I find, you know, problematic areas like that. So, so you're, you're um, thinking about you, you're thinking about water all the time when you're oh, yeah. start on the outside. You keep that in mind. Whatever you saw on the outside, when you go in the basement or on the inside, you exactly. Up. You have to slope and grade is a huge thing. If you notice that there's slope and grade issue, you definitely want to check out that basement even more um, because that can usually be problematic areas too. So um, it's important to kind of think about the whole inspection as a whole um, and what areas to look out for. Um, but in the basement, we're checking mostly the same thing, windows, outlets, general condition. Um, but the biggest thing is, is actually, especially up here in the north, is termites. So the joists, we're checking for termites, we're checking for mold, um, checking the plumbing, whatever we can see, we're inspecting. Um, and uh, typically, um, you know, to ha find a house without termites is actually, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a good day uh, because typically we will find termites everywhere. We, we live in an area where termites are everywhere. So um, it's very important to try to catch it. And even if you don't catch it, like when, when my house, when we did the home inspection, we didn't find the termite damage, but when we opened up my dining room walls, to do a new drywall that, that we found the termite damage there. So sometimes you can't see it and that's fine. Um, water meter, make sure you find the water meter, the main clean outs. Um, sometimes you're gonna find a, this basement had a small uh, crawl space access um, and you couldn't actually get into it. It may look like it's a big opening from here, from this photo, it really wasn't. And it was about um, five feet above the basement level. So you couldn't even get into it. and. Um, so you want to make sure that your opening, closing, 
closet doors, check. This was in a, in a closet door, this crawl space access. So don't just walk through, open, close the doors. Um, the meter for this house was located behind um, uh, the tenants, like all their stored boxes. So the owner moved all the this tenant stuff so we can get to the water meter, things like that. So you really wanna do your due diligence. Um, if there's a laundry room, you're gonna inspect the laundry room. Um, you know, laundry room is pretty limited. It depends on if there's any plumbing for like a sink or things like that. But you actually want to make sure that you find the dryer vent and does it actually go outside? Does it actually expel outside? And we've seen it sometimes where there's no termination point for the, the, the vent where it just goes inside the wall cavity. That's, mm. that's not what you want. So you want to make sure you find the termination point as well. And then note if it's flexible or ribbed or whatever it is, we always write up when it's a flexible um, uh, a dryer vent because, and look at this one, this one's all like twisted up. So there's no way that this is, you know, even doing it right. Um, so it's important to do that. We test the outlets in the, in, the, in the laundry room if we can get to it, things like that. Um, uh, let's see, Ricky asks, uh, What's the most common moisture issue that you find from the exterior? Uh, what are the common moisture problems, water entry problems? Do you find? Um, the, uh, gutters, the downspouts not having proper extensions. Yeah. That's it. I, I, and I tell this to, to people and agents all the time that not having those extensions, whether it's now or in a few years, you're going to start to see, you know, elevated levels of moisture or mold, efflorescence, whatever you're going to see that. And that's, just, again, termites need water. And that's the perfect way to give termites their water. You know, they already have the house, the house is made out of wood, they just need the water source. So that's one big thing that we find quite often. Yep. Um, uh, Lynn, Lynn asks, um, I know you want to show us more, but Lynn asks, um, how much time does it take you to do a three bedroom inspection, a typical home? How long is a typical home inspection? I would say usually if it's nothing, like sometimes people try to hide how many families the house is. Hmm. Um, so like this house, they hid an extra kitchen and it was like a studio apartment that they hid from us. Huh. So this house took us about an hour and 45 minutes, um, hmm. which wasn't bad. It all depends on the size. The bigger the house, the larger it's going to be. Um, I try not to be on site more than two hours. And if I think that the house may be going over two hours, um, then we'll add on like another inspector um, so that, you know, again, you're in, the entire time you're at a, the property is a marketing opportunity. So if we're going over that two hour mark, we like to add somebody on there so that they still have a positive experience and they're not like twiddling their thumbs. And when's the, when's the report go out? When do you, <laughs> when's the client get the summary or the agent gets the summary and when's the full report available? So at the latest, we say 24 hours, but we try to do it same day. It depends because sometimes if we have like two or three inspections a day, it's a little bit unreasonable to expect an inspector to, you know, stay up till 2, 3 a.m. Um, but we, the inspectors are supposed to finish about 90% of the report on site. Um, and then at the, when they get home, it's just kind of putting it together, gramma grammatical errors or things like that. Um, sometimes we have to make a judgment call too. Uh, sometimes if, the, if there's a rush or something happened, sometimes you may just have to take photos and then just dedicate more time at home. But I really don't like to do that because I think it's more of a liability when that happens. Yep. Uh, Ricky asks, why would they hide that additional kitchen? Maybe it's because, 
the Oct- inspection price goes up. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. The inspection, and also they think that the home inspection that we're reporting things to, um, you know, the, the for taxes or things like that to the city when we have nothing to do with that. So they try to hide it because they don't want the taxes to go up. But yeah. We, if the township building inspector comes in and it's that's a whole different thing yeah yeah there's more than one family and more than one kitchen and all that other stuff then there there could be something about code violations and occupancy and stuff but that's not what home inspectors do right exactly exactly and we put that we put a comment on that as well that we're not code inspectors in one of the beginning of our report that we're not code inspectors yep yep so um i mean i've gone through a lot i think we're almost at an hour so i don't want to you know um, but it's important to go through everything, um, inspect everything as fully as you can go above the SOPs. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to say to you guys. I hope this was knowledgeable to everybody. <laughs> oh, I think it was. I, I, this was fantastic. I love it. Uh, but I, the one thing I see from you, Bridget, is um, a consistent pattern, a way to inspect things. Like you're always saying that this is this system here is and the way I inspect this system here is the same way I inspect this system here. I think you compared the kitchen with the bathroom. Like it's the same thing. You do the same thing in the same system all the time. Is, is that what I'm picking up? Oh yes, absolutely. Systematically. You, I, I like to, like I said, I'm a systematic person. So I like to have things systemized and also um, it prepares you. Like, you know, you have a routine when you do an inspection, you know exactly what you got to do. And um, you don't, it limits forgetting anything. Yeah. You know, for new inspectors, sometimes they'll show up at the property and they'll be, um, what can, what can, how can I say it? They'll be pulled like a, a dog on a leash by their client. Oh no, you their have to control like, it. Oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Hey, what's the, can you tell me what that is? And then the inspector is just going all over in a random pattern. And sure enough, it's four hours later and they haven't even done anything. And it's so important for people to understand that when you arrive at a property, right? And this is, it's actually something that, um, you know, it's hard to um, explain to people, but I only walk around the house once on the outside, (laughs) right? I'm very strategic on where I'm walking. I don't want to retrace my steps. So when I'm in the front, I'm doing siding, roof, foundation, everything that I can from the front. And then move on to the next side, do the same thing. Next side, next side. I'm very systematic. And then I leave the garages for last always, um, like on the exterior. The reason why is I'm controlling the amount of time I'm spending. When I, you have to set the precedence when you meet with the client, like, you know, hi, my name is, you know, Joe Schmo. Um, I'm gonna be starting on the exterior of the house. Um, you know, once I'm done with the exterior, I'm gonna head inside. And I kind of tell them exactly what to expect. I tell them, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to ask them. Um, but I will be answering all your questions at the end of the inspection. Set that precedence of what to expect. Yep. I see that from master inspectors like you and other companies um, that there is the idea of time management. You know, to make money, you can't waste time. And you're in a business to make money, but you're not there to run through the house and, and you know, skip over stuff. It's just about being efficient with the time and you got to manage. Exactly. Yeah. It's so important. Efficiency is huge, especially in the home inspection industry. You don't want to be, you know, spending too much either, but you don't want to give up thoroughness, which I don't feel that we're giving up thoroughness at all. Ricky says prior to starting the outside inspection, is it a good idea to do pre-inspection photos of the interior? 
So do you go inside the house first and make no. sure like everything's okay? And then you start on the outside with your formal inspection? No. No, I always start in the exterior first. Like I said, the exterior starts the story. Yeah. If you know, it really does because um, I've done a job in Brooklyn before, like the job was mentioned before, had no gutters, but also the whole foundation had moss on every single side hmm. of the foundation, right? Like moss, there should never be moss growing on a foundation, right? There's one thing with like discoloration, maybe because of grass or something. And um, so I already knew there was a foundation problem just by looking at that, just by looking at the gutters, but I wanted to see what else the exterior had, right? I, I, I want to get a better idea of what to look out for when I'm inside the house, right? Yeah. And we did the roof, then there was a huge uh, hole in the roof and all sorts of things. So when I got inside the house, first thing I did was look at my problematic areas to see what's going on first to get a better idea. And as soon as I went into that house and we, the client still wanted us to do the full home inspection. Cause I, I really don't like stopping inspections um, unless it's like a real big ticket item that's going to cost a lot of money. Right. So I went down to the basement and the foundation, it was cinder blocks. And um, as soon as I walked down into the basement, I see mud tubes for termites. Right. So I already knew, all right, we got termites. Great. Finding mud tubes is great because you can already Put that into your comment that, hey, there's termites or whatever would deal organisms within the house. Um, then I started looking at the foundation and I don't know what came over me, but I took my probe and I just slammed, I just put it into the foundation wall and it just went right through like butter, <laughs> just like butter. And I'm just doing this and I'm like, oh my, it was soaked with water. Yeah. And so I told the client like, Hey, you know, we got termite damage everywhere. Cause then the, the main sill plates everywhere was eaten away. <laughs> and, um, they were like, no, we want to keep going. So I was like, all right, we did the full inspection. Um, they called me back two weeks later. Hey, we just left the engineer just got there. Um, and just left. Um, it's going to cost, uh, over $40,000 just to fix the foundation walls. <sighs> and, and they, they went through it or no, 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 they ran. Yeah. They yeah. ran, but they, you know, it, the, the, the exterior tells a story. So you know exactly what to look for when you get inside. That's why I always start in the exterior. Have I done things where I start in the interior? Maybe a tenant, you know, is leaving. They want, yeah, yeah I've, I've changed it a few times, but I really don't like to. Yeah. And the cost of that home inspection, oh, they saved so much oh, yeah. headache. That exactly. Those are great. Uh, purchase on their part, hiring you to do their inspection. Hey, so um, we're wrapping up. Um, why don't you tell everybody about uh, where you're where you're located and your and company and your school and inspection boys and 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 uh, opportunities for the franchise. Absolutely. So um, the, where the Inspection Boys franchise, our headquarters is in Pennsylvania. Uh, we have locations in. Um, you know, New York, and then also we have a few uh, locations. We have a location in Kansas City and Ohio. We are a new franchise, um, and we're working very hard to grow it. Um, we, there's three partners, myself, Matt, and Rob. We're all uh, very close with the franchisors. Uh, we have a New York Home Inspector School that we partner up with, and uh, we are, um, Matt is a, um, what's it called? Oh gosh, New York State Home Inspector Instructor uh, for New York Home Inspector School that he teaches out in East Islip. Um, and we are, um, are multi-inspectors out here in the island. So we do a lot. 
Um, we offer a lot. If anybody's interested in franchising opportunities, everything that I discussed going in here, we teach you on how to do and how to market yourself and so forth. So be happy to talk with anybody. Wonderful. Thanks, Bridget. I really appreciate it. I love it when uh, veteran experienced master inspectors want to take some time out and share it with others. So I really appreciate the time you've taken to uh, do a webinar with us. Really no, thank you guys for in inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. See you, Bridget. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.